the Lord, everybody. I said, praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It feels so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I said, it feels so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I'm wondering if this is on. Amen. You can hear me. Praise the Lord. There is no other place like the house of the Lord. I said, there's no other place like the house of the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Amen. I thank the Lord for his mercy and his grace. God is so good. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to um, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. Amen. And we're going to speak about this for a little bit. Amen. We have been covering uh, marriage on uh, February and uh, how the Lord is using, going to use your marriage, amen, to help you to become the man and the woman of God that you need to be. Amen. Some of you are like, Lord, help me, Jesus. Amen. If you have it, say amen. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 says, A friend loveth at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. Amen. So let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer and ask him to bless this preaching here today. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, we give you the honor, the glory. We ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts. Open up our hearts, God. You can give us a revelation. We thank you, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to speak to us here today that we may become better women of God, men of God, for your honor, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let's give God a round of applause right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. I just thank the Lord. Amen. For the house of God, because there ain't nothing like it. There's nothing like the house of the Lord. I just appreciate the Lord so much. You can get your transformation. You can get your change. You can get delivered. You can get set free. You can get healed. You get, God can do anything in the house of the Lord. I just thank the Lord. Amen. I came with a spirit of expectation that God is going to do something here today. And that God is going to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost or refill somebody with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. The title of my preaching is The Institution of Transformation. Turn to your neighbor and tell him The Institution of Transformation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. One of the greatest gifts the person could have or become is being married. You have to, uh, it's a privilege to become married. It's actually a privilege for you uh, to be with the spouse, uh, to be with someone. Marriage is one of the greatest gifts of transformation. Um, when a person that is single, it's very difficult for that person because they can only go so far as far as uh, there is still transformation that takes place in their life. But when you are get married, it's a privilege to be married because uh, there is transformation that takes place where nowhere else in the world or nowhere else in your life does there have to be immediate change the moment you say, I do. Can you say amen, church? You have a child, you know, the child you can change in a few years. Amen. I'll take six months. I'll take a year, two years, maybe five years. 
But when, the, when you get married, the change has to happen the moment you say, I do. Because the moment you say, I do, all of a sudden now, uh, you're debating which car to take. Can you say amen? Well, I thought we we're going to take my car. That saves gas, and you want to take the big car. Wait a minute. More luxury. It, it, there's, uh, there's happens, it, all of a sudden now there's conflict in the marriage. But there is a privilege to be married. Uh, because I want you to understand that, uh, the moment that a person is married, there's transformation that takes place. And God has ordained this from the beginning. As a matter of fact, He ordained it so that you can shape yourself, help you to get shaped to a place and an area in your life where you nor normally would not even be shaped in that area. This is why when you get married, this is why when a person that is selfish don't get married. Can you say amen, church? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you're selfish, don't get married. Do not get married. Please, please. You're going to mess the person up. Do not get married if you're selfish. If you're selfish, stay by yourself. Amen. Have all the coffee and all the ice cream you want. Can you say amen, church? Amen. Do whatever you want, when you want, how you want, and all that other stuff. Amen. But when a person gets married, married is one of the greatest gifts of transformation because the transformation is taking place in the person's life. And uh, what happens is God allows these things to happen to an individual because when you get married now, you would not normally go through certain things when you were single. As a matter of fact, the moment you get married, you start debating of what certain things and there's adjustment period. Did anybody know about the adjustment Adjustment period in your marriage. If you don't know about the adjustment period, just stay married and, you, and I'll prophesy that you will go through the adjustment period. Can you say amen, church? There's, there's some stuff that you got to go through. Amen. There's no, no other place. Amen. You can't have a good marriage without having a good you. Can you say amen, church? So you got to understand that you can't have a whole relationship or a whole marriage without you being whole yourself. So when God starts to deal with you on a one-to-one -one basis, it's so that you can start uh, getting some stuff out of your heart, out of your mind. So when you come to marriage, marriage now is a place of advers adversity. It comes to you where there's adversity that happens in your marriage. There's things that are conflict, constant conflict. Uh, and if you are submitted one to another, then you, you're going to be fine. But if you are not submitted one to another, then there's going to be constant conflict. Can you say amen, church? There's going to be frustration. Amen. So uh, the Bible tells us a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So I want you to understand what that scripture is saying. I don't want to take it out of context, but the Bible does say, I studied last night and I was thinking, Lord, you got to give me wisdom and understanding for this. Because the Bible tells us that a friend uh, loveth at all times. So I was starting to look into the Greek and the Hebrew, and I was looking at it, and they were saying, well, in the relationship that you have as far as uh, a friend, uh, it could be acquaintance, could be a person that you have no inter interaction whatsoever with, could be the person that you go and get your breakfast every morning, and they have it there, or go into the store and see that individual. And, uh, you know, there is something that happens where all of a sudden now, 
you see them and you, you don't even know them. You see them at the gym and you're, hey, how you doing? And you say, man, that's a good person. You don't even know the person. Can you say amen, church? So the, the, the scripture is telling us that an acquaintance could, uh, they're always, they're always going to be with you, loveth you at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. So when I started to look up the scripture for a brother, uh, the scripture, the actual word for, for brother is, uh, relationship. It's actually, uh, getting to a place where the proximity of a person uh, the scripture's actually talking to you about the proximity of an individual. Because the Bible tells us to love your brother, but it's not your actual brother. Can you say amen, church? And it says, love them that hate you. Pray for them that spitefully use you and persecute you. So it's a proximity of what your relationship is towards the person. Can you say amen? So it's actually talking about an individual. Now, if some people see you at work and they, you know, they only know you for a certain amount, amen, they'll say, man, that's a nice person. But they don't know you intimately like a brother would know you. Can you say amen, church? If a brother, the Bible's telling us, first of all, the brother is a relationship and it could be a, a relative. It's not just a brother. It could be a, rel- a relative that it could be an intimate person like your spouse or your husband. So here the scripture is telling us that the brother was born for adversity. So I want you to understand that when you get married, there's going to be some friction in your marriage. Can you say amen, church? Amen. I don't know anybody that goes to a preaching and says you're going to be happy for your friction in your marriage. Can you say that? But there's going to be some friction and there's going to be some tension in your marriage. And the reason why you have that friction and that tension is because God has established some stuff inside of you that where God wants to pull some stuff out of you because you ain't never been married before. So you don't know what you can do up ahead because God already sees you married already. So when he sees you already married, he knows that you can handle it up ahead, but you don't know, and you keep saying, I don't know if I can handle this. Does that make sense? Everybody with me? I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can handle this. But God allowed that to happen because there's some friction in your in your house, and yet some tension that's in there, but God knows that you can overcome it with the help of the Lord. God knows that you can go ahead and become the woman of God and the man of God that you need to be. And that was also instituted. God instituted friction in your marriage. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Because how is he supposed to shape you? And how is he supposed to help you to get to the next level? If you weren't married, you wouldn't be going through the stuff you're going through right now. Can you say amen, church? So if you, now that you're married, it takes you to a different level of almost oozing, pushing you to a place of where you have to perform and you have to become the man and the woman of God that God wants you to be. Because marriage takes you to the next level of your life. Amen. Nobody, no single person says, sign me up for long suffering. Sign me up for unforgiveness. I got a whole bunch of that. Sign me up. Sign me up for, for just to go ahead and having patience 
and understanding and just sign me up for all of that stuff. Just sign me up. I'm, I'm good. I'm all, all that. You didn't even think of that when you got married. Can you say amen, church? Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? You didn't think of any of that stuff the moment you said, I do. You just, you just thought about the good stuff. I'm not going to break that down. Anyways. So I want you to understand that here when you start to get married, all of a sudden now you have to, things have to come out of you. God already knows that you can handle it because he's already put it inside of you in order for you to bring, be, for it to be brought out of you. So the unforgiveness, the long suffering, the kindness, the Bible tells us that here the brother is for adversity and it's constantly going to be at you. And this is why you have some rough edges. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you got rough edges. You need some smoothing out. You need, you need to be smoothed out because all the time somebody comes by you, they cut themselves. Oh Lord, help me, Jesus. All the time somebody gets too close, the proximity, all of a sudden now they get cut. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that the word, um, all of a sudden now when you are born for, um, for adversity, the, the actual word born acts like a midwife. And the word acts like a midwife, which the Bible tells us they're born for adversity. So the Bible's actually telling us that uh, the actual word born is acting as a midwife because uh, there's some stuff that's inside of you that God wants to bring out of you in the middle of marriage. I want that to sink in for a minute. Can you say amen? He knows you can handle it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, he knows you can handle it. Because you're in it right now. And he said, he ain't going to put you through nothing you cannot handle. Okay, let me see. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost, I just got a tweet from the Holy Ghost. Some of you just shut this Bible study down. You ain't even listening to this. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. All right, here we go. That don't pertain to me, Pastor. <laughs> Amen. Born... It's like a midwife. Um, would not sign up for forgiveness. You don't sign up for that. What well, God has blessed you, the spouse, and, and is there's actually house inside house accountability. God has blessed you with an in-house accountability. Can you say amen, church? For you to be held accountable one to another. That's why the Bible says for you to submit yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Everybody with me so far? There's changes that happen in your life uh, because you got to learn how to have accountability. Because you like to do whatever you like, when you like, when you want. Oh, Lord, help me. You can't be living single when you're, when you're married. Anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. There's changes that happen in your life when you get married because let's look at the story of Abigail. Where all of a sudden, not Abby, but let's look at the story of Abigail, where, where the Bible tells us that uh, she was married to Nabal. And he was crazy. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, he was crazy. That's a crazy brother. 
And the Bible says that the, the king's men went down there and told him, hey, you know what? We're going to here to collect. We're here to collect some money for the king. He said, who's the king? I don't even know who the king is. Don't be telling me about it. Just get out of here. He told him, get out of here. The Bible says that all of a sudden she hears all this, hears that David's going to come and kill him, and she meets him halfway and starts giving him offerings, starts praising him, starts telling him all kinds of stuff. Nobody would do that if they weren't married. They wouldn't say, they wouldn't, they're going to get killed, let them get killed. That ain't had nothing to do with me. But when you're married, all of a sudden, you say, wait a minute, i got to look out. All of a sudden, she started looking out. There were some changes that happened in her life. Where she normally just wouldn't go and give to somebody all kinds of grapes and all kinds of, all kinds of offerings and everything else. And here she is and say, man, I, I, I want to talk to you. I want to tell you. I want to change your heart, your mind. It has nothing to do with me, but I'm going to sacrifice and do all of this that I have to do for my husband. So there's changes that take place in your life where normally you would not do the sacrifice. Can you say amen, church? Anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? So here you have Abraham. Abraham, you know, normal, the, the, you know, normally Abraham doesn't mess around with his handmaids. But because Sarah said, I need you to go and be with Hagar. He said, well, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to accommodate you and help you because this is not what I do. There's changes that take place in your life that you normally don't do. Hey, Abraham all of a sudden had the children. Hagar's there. Sarah's there. And the Bible tells us that here Sarah tells him, you got to get rid of your kid. And there's changes that happen in your life where now it gets intimate. Why? Because your wife is the one that knows you the more than anybody else in this room. Can you say amen, church? So all of a sudden now you have Abraham is going through some changes. I, I've often think, man, why? That must, that must have been really hard to tell my son, son, I'm sorry, but you can't be in my house anymore. Here's a piece of bread. Here's a bottle of water. Handle your business. That would have been very difficult for me. And I would have went through some changes in my life. Because that's not normally what I do. Can you say amen, church? So I'm here to tell you that the adversary, amen, when adversity comes in your life, actually the Bible tells us that word is actually tightness. And there's tightness that happens in your life. The things that are going on in your life is very difficult. It also says pebble or stone. When it says adversity, there's the, the, the brother was there for adversity. It's pebble or stone. And it's very difficult because you can't get just a stone by itself to be smooth. There has to be some friction against it in order for it to become really smooth. There has to be some kind of adversity that's coming against it. The water is flowing through and it's becoming smooth and it's, it's starting to go ahead and shape itself and, and started becoming a shape where all of a sudden now it is something that's happening. Friction happens in your marriage in order for you to become right smooth and start doing something for God's honor and God's glory. Can you say amen, church? So it becomes smooth itself because 
smooth is through the friction. Uh, if you could navigate the tension that happens in your life through God's word, it would be a powerful man of God and powerful woman of God. If you can navigate the tension that is in your marriage, you can navigate it to what God wants through the word of God. You'll be a powerful man of God and you'll be a powerful woman of God. God will take you to the next level of your life. Can you say amen, church? Amen. You need tension in your marriage. Turn to your, mar turn to your neighbor and tell him you need tension. Amen. Number one. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, number one, don't give up before you grow up. I can't make it. I, can't, I don't understand it. Can't comprehend it. I don't understand what's going on. I don't, can't do this no more. The Lord is allowing you to go ahead and become more mature in your marriage so that you can start seeing yourself and start reflecting on some stuff so that you can learn how to grow in the things of the Lord. Can you say amen, church? So you, get, you can't just give up before you grow up. God wants to take you to the next place. For this cause shall a man leave his mother and his father and cleave unto his wife. Can you say amen, church? So here, the scripture is telling us to cleave. Whatever you attach yourself to, that's whatever you cleave yourself to. That's why King David said, I hate them that sin, that turn aside. I hate them that sin. It will not cleave unto me. He said, I'm, I'm not going to allow that to get a hold of me and shape me a certain way. Can you say amen, church? God told Abraham, Abraham, I need you to leave your mom, your dad. I need you to leave your house, and I need you to come and cleave unto me. I need you to attach yourself to me so that I can shape you, make you, and get you to the destination you need to be. Can you say amen, church? Come on, somebody. So I want you to understand that when you start to cleave, I know there's other uh, dimensions inside, but... I don't change it until you leave or till you cleave. You gotta, you gotta leave the stuff and then you gotta cleave unto your wife and your wife or your husband. You gotta cleave unto your husband and you guys become one. And when you become one, you, you start to shape one another and start to help one another to get to the pro, to the place where you need to be. When you start shaping one another, that's called the adjustment period in your life. All of a sudden now you be start seeing one another and you got to start getting rid of the windows and start looking at the mirrors. Amen. We got too many windows and not enough mirrors in the house. A window so that you can look out and project and see everybody else. But you need a mirror to look at your self-reflection and see what you're going through. You need to ask the Lord, Lord, you got to help me through this. My wife is telling me this and my boys are telling me that. And I got to change this and change that. And the Lord is allowing you to see yourself in the mirror to see, wait a minute, I got to do something about this. It cannot stay the same because it God already instituted for you to have a change in your life. Can you say amen, church? He don't want you to be the same. You're still the same from the first year you got married. Something's wrong with you. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. You're still having the same argument from the first time you... Something's wrong with you. You ain't growing. I'm going to call you a spiritual midget. 
Okay, sorry, Facebook, but you know. Anyways, can you say amen? Listen, you need to understand what God wants to take you. There has to be changes in your life because God already sees the power, the anointing, the other level of where God wants to take you. It's already inside of you. You just got to mature and get to where God wants you to be. I wish I had some. So the Bible, this is why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, when I was a child, I thought as a child. He said, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Come on, somebody. Because sometimes you can get childish in your marriage. Well, you started it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, you said this. And if you would have not said that, I would have not said this. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? You're acting like you're in the third grade. Well, they started it, Pastor. Can you say amen, church? You're going to have to put some stuff away. You're going to have to quit acting childish and start becoming mature in the things of the Lord and say, I can do all things through Christ. That strengtheneth me. I've never been here before. I've never been married. I don't know how to do it. But you know what? I know God is allowing me to get here because he said he'll never put me through nothing I cannot handle. Amen. And God wants you to handle it. Amen. So I want you to understand that marriage brings two people together, exposes things that you would be exposed that you would not be exposed being single. So when you are married, things get exposed. Can you say amen, church? <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff that gets exposed when you're married. And you're just like thinking, I hope they didn't see that. They've seen it. I just want to clarify it. I want to let you know they've seen it. <laughs> Can you say amen, church? <laughs> So I want you to understand the closeness, the proximity of what you're dealing with is the person, relationships. You're dealing with your wife. You're dealing with your husband. And when you start dealing with them, all, th all things start to happen in your life where you are almost at the place where God wants you to be to pull some stuff out. Now, you're single. God's going to deal with you on a one-to-one -one basis. And you're going to go ahead and start understanding that you need to get prepared for something that's up ahead. You don't know what it is, but God's going to prepare you what's up ahead. Can you say amen, church? <laughs> Pastor, I'm single. I'm okay, but I want this and I want that. Let me tell you something. A lack of preparation is a lack of faith. You don't start preparing, then you ain't got no faith that it's going to come to pass. Come on, somebody. Come on. So I want you to understand that here the shaping takes place. The word uh, born acts like a midwife. We already went all that. But I want you to understand that marriage takes a place where God does something great in your life. And there's all kinds of stuff that's being exposed inside of you that comes out. This is why you can't say, I can't do it. Because God already knows that you can do it. Because you ain't never been there. And he said he'll never put you through nothing you cannot handle. So he already knows that you can handle it. That's why you're there. Yeah. 
Oh, I wish I had somebody that understood. God gets to a place where he knows you can handle some stuff. That's why he puts you through the stuff so that he knows if you would just go ahead and get to the proximity of where God is, you would start seeing, I got to get closer to the Lord. I got to seek the face of God. I got to get a little closer to what God wants me to do. And I got to change my heart and change my mind and change my soul. Can you say amen, church? Praise the Lord. Turn to your name town. Praise the Lord. Amen. Number two. Turn to your number, neighbor in town. Number two. It's okay for you to spar with your wife and your husband. Some of you are taking that literally. You better cut that out. I'll take them out, Pastor. Just give me the word. <laughs> Can you say amen, church? Listen to me. <laughs> when somebody is sparring in a, in a boxing or, you know, I'm going to break it down so you don't stay there. Don't worry. <laughs> You're getting to the next level of the person. So the two that are sparring are trying to help one another to get to the next level where they're suffering at, where it is difficult for them to fight the opponent. Everybody understand what I'm saying? You don't go in there and knock out your, your, your spar partner. <laughs> that don't make no sense. You don't go in there, you just give it all you got in two seconds, you're down. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you guys collaborate together and say, okay, I need help on this side. Because the enemy keeps hitting me on this side. So I need some help on this side. I need you to move this way when I do this. I wish I had a... I wish I had somebody that understood. <laughs> Come on. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's a collaboration together that you're supposed to understand that we are united together. We're not here to destroy one another. We're here to build up one another so that it can take us to the next level that God wants us to be. If you keep knocking them out or knocking her out, then you can't get, the enemy got a foothold on you. And you, can, can, you can't actually get an advantage on the enemy because you keep knocking out the person that doesn't, it's not even that person. You try to, help, try to knock out your, your, the one that's trying to help you to get to the next level of your life. Can you say amen, church? Lord, have mercy. So I want you to understand that here, when a person is sing single, there's not really too much of a commitment that they have with somebody else. It's okay. Even Paul, even Jesus said, it's okay for you to be single. Paul says, be single, you know, do it for the work of the Lord, the kingdom of God. Amen. You don't have to get married. That's all right. Amen. Just because you're, you're 50 years old and you're not married, that's okay. I'm just letting you know. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're doing the work of the Lord. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? Okay. So then I want you to understand that when you uh, start becoming, uh, when you get married, God takes you to the next level of your life. And there's some stuff inside of you that it's very difficult because you think you can't do it, but God knows that you can do it. Let, let me break this down so you understand. When you come to the Lord and you get baptized and get filled with the Holy Ghost, that's a commitment you're making to God. So then when you're making the commitment, you say, I do. When you get married, you say, I do. And you, you see your wife, you see your husband. That's a commitment that you made to, to each other. And now you're making a commitment to God. So when stuff starts arising, it's not time for you to quit. It's time for you to go ahead and get on your knees and say, I know God allowed me to be here for a reason. I'm coming to the house of the Lord. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm getting a hold of God like never before. I know the enemy's going to try to take me out. I just know, I just need to know how to adjust myself to go ahead and navigate what's happening in my life so that I don't let the enemy take a foothold on me and try to take me out of the house of God. The devil is a liar. God is with me. Ah, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. God is with me and God's going to take me to the next level. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that you can't turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't give up before you grow up. This is why when you come to the house of the Lord, you can't give up on what God is trying to do in your life. You can't just go ahead and say, well, there's nothing's happening. I don't understand it because God's doing the operation inside of you already. Your heart, your mind, and all kinds of transformation is going on in your life, and God is changing you from the inside out. And you no longer talk the same. You no longer walk the same. You no longer think the same. God starts to do something in your life where he starts to change your heart, your mind, your soul, and you start to say, man, I like this. I like feeling the presence of God. I like going to the house of God. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to change my heart, change my mind. Why? Because I made a commitment to God the day I got married, the day I got baptized in Jesus' name. Can you say amen, church? Give me some more monitor, brother. So I want you to understand that you can't just give up before you grow up. Can you say Amen. You can't just say, man, I'm, that's it. Give God a time limit. Give your marriage a time limit. We're going to be married for three years. It don't work out. Call it quits. I'm going to give you three years. You need to change. Hurry up. Everybody know what I'm talking about? You can't give God a time limit. God, you don't change me. In three years, I'm out letting you know God don't need you you need God you need the Lord his mercy is great it's so big 
We can't even comprehend his love and his mercy because it's so big. We need to understand that God's grace and mercy is so big, brother and sister, that you and me don't belong in the house of the Lord. We deserve to go to a devil's hell, but because of his love and his mercy is so big that we're here in the house of God, giving God the honor and the glory. And God starts to change us and starts to do some stuff in our lives where we start to see, wait a minute, I got to change some things that are happening. So you can't be looking through windows when you come to the house of the Lord. Can't be looking at that brother and that sister, looking at your wife and looking at this one and this ain't right and I don't think this is right. God can't bless a complainer. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the house. God's not going to bless a complainer. God's not going to go ahead and open the heaven's door for a complainer. Amen. You got to learn to understand and say, wait a minute, I got to look at myself. I'm coming to the house of God. And when I, they preach the word of God, it has to be me. I got to see myself and I got to fix myself because I don't want to leave all messed up. I want God to fix me because I want to be a better man, a better woman. When I get out of the house of God, God wants to do something great in my life. I'm going to change it. I'm going to move it. I'm going to do whatever I got to do because I want God to move in my life like never before. I love him like nobody's business. Can you say amen, church? So you just can't allow those things, you know, looking at everybody else through a window and saying this one and that one's I don't understand. In the program, the brother gets me upset. Sister, she's getting me mad. That's why I'm leaving. How big of a commitment does you have with God? How big of a commitment you have with the Lord? How big was your commitment when you fell in love with Jesus? Lord, have mercy. Here, let's break this down. It's okay for you to, to wrestle. Uh, it's okay for you to spar with God. But it's not okay for you to fight against God. It's okay. Jacob wrestled with the angel to get a blessing. He, he didn't fight to go ahead and to rip him apart. Because some people come to the house of the Lord and they fight against God. They're like, nope, I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to do it like this. And I'm not going to do it like that. And I know the preacher what they said. And I hear the Bible study. But I'm not going to do it like this. Can you say amen, church? People want to go ahead and fight against God all the time. And they want to fight against the Lord when the Lord is telling you, listen, I'll, I'll go ahead. You can spar with me. I'll show you that in this area, it hurts you and it's very difficult for you. But I know that you're going to become a better woman of God and a better man of God. And I know I'm going to help you once you get to the next level of your life. And God's going to take you to the next place of your life. When you start to say, God, I submit to you. I surrender to you, God. I'll do whatever you want me to do when you want me to do it. I will do whatever, God. I will do it because I'm submitting. I'm surrendering to you, God. Today is my day of Surrender. Can you say amen, church? 
So you need to understand that God wants to take us to the next level. How many want to go to the next level? Would you worship God right there for the next 10 seconds real quick? Just the ones that want to go to the next level. Just, just the ones that want to get to the next level. Would you give them a 10-second praise right there where you're at? Just the ones that want to go to the next level. I'm tired of, of wrestling with you, God. I'm tired of seeing all kinds of stuff. I'm tired of going and fighting against you. I'm tired of going against you every day. Come on, give them a 10-second praise. God is in the house here today. I'm telling you, the Lord is about to release some things in the house of God. You may be seated. Your immaturity is connected to your imperfections. Your maturity is connected to your wife's imperfections and into your husband's imperfections. Because God wants to take you to the next level and be mature about things. And it gets very difficult for some people because they don't want to mature in that level, in that area. So when God starts dealing with you on a one-to-one basis, he's telling you, come on, I need you to mature. I need you to grow. I need you to get there. And This trial, pastor, I'm going through so much in my marriage. Why do you think it's strange? Why do you think it's strange that you're going through some stuff? Think it's not strange concerning these fiery trials. Some strange thing has happened unto you. It's supposed to have friction. It's supposed to help you. God's supposed to deal with you on a one-to-one basis. God's supposed to take you to the next level of your life. That's why when Peter started going through some stuff... He said, man, I I don't like this, and I don't want to do it like this, and I don't want to be here. And he was by the fire denying everything. But he said, man, I can't do it my way anymore. I got to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to serve God with all my heart. I got to change. I got to adjust some stuff that's inside of me. Before, I used to be a fisher of fish, but now I want to be a fisher of men. I want to take it to the next level of my life. I don't want to be the same anymore. There's adjustments that happen. It's a normal thing. Go ahead, go ahead and play something. You're supposed to have friction in your house. You're supposed to have some tension in your house. That's what's going to allow you to become the woman of God and the man of God you need to be. Because then you start doing some stuff when you don't want to. Honey, can you go to the store for me? It's 10 o'clock at night. You're either going to say, what? Do you know what time it is? Or you're going to swallow that and say, no problem. What is it that you want? Come on, somebody. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house?
it becomes very difficult for some people because when you're married, you got to go through some adjustment periods. You want to say something. You, you want to speak. A, you're closer to the door. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? So when God starts to call you, you want to say something. You, you want to go with the way that you used to be. But your maturity takes you to another level of your life. See, I can't be saying stuff like that because I'm mature now. I want, I want to serve God. I want to please God. I want to take it to the next level of my life. I don't want to complain anymore. I don't want to be a complainer and a murmurer, a backbiter. I want to serve God with all my heart, my mind, my soul. I want to take it to where God wants me to be. I want to be like Paul, man. I went through some shipwrecks. I was hungry and I, my old kinsman went against me. But I'm still here and I'm still serving God. And I'm still putting God first in everything that I do. I'm here to tell you God is looking for somebody to step it up a notch. It's time. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's time. It's time for you to step it up a notch. Can you say amen, church? I don't care what the enemy says. I'm here to tell you, when you got married, that was an institution of transformation. So when you come to the house of the Lord, people see you differently. When you've been in the house of the Lord for a year, six months, you got the Holy Ghost, they see you differently. Transformation takes place in your life. Where all of a sudden now, you are not the same. What the judge couldn't do, God did. What the doctor couldn't do, God did. What the psychologist couldn't do, God did. I'm here to tell you this is an institution of transformation that God is trying to transform your heart, your mind, your soul to take you to the next level of your life. The devil is a liar. Why? Because God wants to take your children and become men of God and women of God and become great examples in the kingdom of God. I know the Lord has spoken to some people here today. Listen. When you have made up your mind to serve God, ain't nobody going to change you. When you made up your mind to go steal or rob, nobody changes it. Nobody. You have made up your mind to serve God, come hell or high water, Serve the Lord with everything you got. He said, I'm never going to leave you and I'll never forsake you. So I'll be alongside of you. Don't worry about it. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to become the, the, the God of that you want me to be. I'm, I'm going to help you. In John chapter 14, verse 26, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send in my name. He will teach you. He'll help you. He'll guide you through. Don't worry about it. You're not by yourself. 
God's going to be alongside of you. What you feel right now is the presence of Almighty God. And God's trying to tug at your heart to tell you you've got to change some stuff inside of you in order for me to use you and mature and get to the next level of your life. Can you say amen, church? Let's all stand. There's one thing that we need to understand that it's a privilege to be married. It is a privilege to be married. The problem with that is that some people think it's a chore and it's not a privilege. It's a privilege to change, to adjust, to shape, and to become what God wants you to be. Because you are not the same. If you've been married for five years, you ain't the same that you were the first time you got married. And you're not the same 10 years, nor 15, nor 20. You are not the same. You're a different person. God does a transformation. So the more that you come to the house of God, God does a transformation in your life. And the transformation starts to happen. By the time you know it, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you let God change you from one section to the next. And you become a powerful man of God and a powerful woman of God. And God will take you to the next level of your life. Things you ain't never seen. Things you ain't never imagined. Amen. Moses never imagined himself being at the Red Sea and parting it for the people of Israel. I'm here to tell you that God's about to take you to your Red Sea and take you to a place that you have never been before because there's a transformation that got to take place in your life come on would you worship God right there where you where you're at would you love the Lord with me come on come on come on would you love the Lord with me would you love God right there where you're at hallelujah come on it's all right the presence of God is in the house come on the presence of God is in the house come on somebody Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, the presence of God is in the house. The Lord spoke to you. The Lord showed you. Come on. It's time. It's time. I'm not going to be the same from this day forward.